What's up, everyone? We're back with another episode of the Dub Jelson Podcast. And today, I have a nutritionist for the UFC PI, um, Alexa Eisenberg. Alexa, how are you doing? Good. I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for doing this. Um, Happy to so, be here. Yeah, for sure. Um, this is the, actually the last of the, uh, the UFC PI staff that I'm having on. I had on Matt Crawley and Heather Linden as well. So oh, nice. glad to have this... Uh, this section covered too. Yeah, I saw you had some athletes on there. I saw Puna was on there, mm-hmm. a couple others. So that's awesome, man. It's awesome you're yeah. getting your name out there and and everything. So we're all happy to do it. Yep, for sure. You guys are always, all of you, um, in uh, in the UFC and the people surrounding the UFC. They've all been super nice to me so far. So hopefully sure. I can keep continuing to get higher names and keep going. Yeah, up. absolutely. Props so- to you. So we're in the middle of this pandemic. Um, we're kind of getting another surge. How has that kind of impacted you as a person, um, like personally, and then uh, as your career too? Yeah, I mean, it's it's been tough, I think, just with, with everything closing. I mean, I've had two weddings that had to be rescheduled that I was in. Um, no concerts, no summer fun. It's kind of been a little crappy. Um, and who would have thought that it would have gone this long too, right? I mean, it's like, what's it been three, three months or so feels like forever. Um, but unfortunately there's not really an end in sight (laughs) at this point. Um, but yeah, I mean, for us, we closed for a little bit. Um, maybe it was probably about two months. Fortunately, though, some of us were able to get in the building to at least get supplements sent out to some of our athletes. Um, but it was all remote work, which was kind of hard just because we're not, no one had access to the PI and then athletes didn't have access to gyms either. So they're like in their houses and their garages, you know, at the park, not even at the parks, the parks were closed. (laughs) So just trying to manage that, um, remotely was a challenge. Thankfully now we're kind of up and running. I mean, we're like spitting out fights every week, pretty much, um, we're tested every week. So trying to just take all the precautionary measures and, you know, we wear these, these cool masks too. So, um, yeah, just, just trying to be as safe as possible, but being able to do our job to the fullest as well. Mm -hmm. So during that time, how were you connecting with athletes and what specifically were you doing for them? Yeah. So, it was tough because everybody, like all the fights were kind of put on hold. So everybody's like staying ready for a fight, not knowing when it was going to happen. So some people were in camps for like months, you know, which sucks. Um, so really just supporting them remotely kind of, we were able to send trifecta. So trifecta is our meal prep, um, organic meal prep program that we're partnered with. So we were able to send trifecta to some of our higher risk athletes, which was really nice. Um, we were also able to send out Thorn. So Thorn is another partner um, that we're, we're partnered with. Everything that we have here is NSF third party tested. So really safe for them as well, which is great. Um, so really the Thorn supplementation, the trifecta, and then just following up weekly, kind of just providing our support. We did, I wrote a lot of articles on UFC.com for just, you know, how to stay healthy during the quarantine and hopefully some athletes got some information out of that as well. But 
um, you know, remote work, I think, is, is difficult because you're not seeing them in person. Um, you know, you don't know exactly what they're eating because you're not around them as much. You don't know if the weight updates are as accurate. Sometimes athletes don't weigh themselves in the morning, so that can be tough, too. Um, just so we can get accuracy, it's, it's always better, obviously, to, to weigh in the morning. Um, but just, yeah, just trying our best to just support all the athletes that we're in contact with as best we can and being proactive, I think, rather than reactive is very important also. Mm -hmm. I think the entire UFC, the staff, the management, the, even the fighters, everyone was kind of on top of things. So when things opened up, everyone could just really jump in and it was kind of a seamless process. There weren't really too many issues um, that the public knows. I'm sure you, I'm sure you probably um, experienced some difficulties during this um, on your end, but. Yeah, when we opened back up, um, the first real opening was in Jacksonville for those three fights there. So I was in Jacksonville for those. Um, and really, I mean, everything was, everyone did their best to make sure that, you know, we're socially distancing, having our masks on, making sure that we're getting, you know, getting tested, getting our temperature checked daily. So, you know, our, our standard operating procedures are pretty strict and that's great because I feel, you know, safe going to work and not having to, to worry about somebody, you know, coming in who's not tested or something like that. So um, it's definitely been a change because I think we're, you know, we go from like not being super busy to like being crazy busy. So it's definitely a big change, but it's been, it's been good. Mm -hmm. So you touched on it a little bit, your time and you went down to Jacksonville for those three cards. How has, um, how have you approached fight week um, to help the fighters both now during this pandemic with all the craziness and the restrictions and then before the pandemic where there weren't any of these restrictions? Yeah. So um, I think the hardest part right now during the pandemic is that, there's so many fights happening that people are taking short notice fights, which means that they might not be totally ready weight wise, which mm -hmm. makes our job a lot more difficult. Um, when an athlete has eight to 12 weeks in a camp, then we can really focus on like a slow, steady, progressive weight loss as opposed to, you know, jumping in and, you know, trying to get down as quick as possible. So I think that's been, you know, really the hardest, the hardest part for us. Um, do you, are you wondering like what we do over fight week to help them get down? Is, was that yeah. your question? From Monday, when you guys get there, Tuesday, if you get there mm -hmm. that day, um, what does that week look like for you and other staff? Ideally, we try to onboard the athlete a couple weeks before, but that doesn't always happen. Sometimes there's fights that like are announced Monday of fight week, right? So we try to get, in an ideal world, try to get an athlete onboarded like two weeks before where we're going to collect um, a bunch of different information. So where their anticipated weight is, any food allergies, any food preferences, do they water load, do they water taper, um, you know, what do they typically do over fight week, and then we'll hopefully onboard them beforehand. And then once they come to check-ins, we're kind of ready with, we provide a packet of supplements depending on the athlete, they vary, but typically a lot of them, um, we kind of have like our core supplements, which is a probiotic just for gut health, a multivitamin because, you know, we're pulling back on a lot of 
macronutrients and micronutrients over the course of fight week. Um, and then sometimes magnesium too for some of our, our um, athletes who need to shed a little bit of water, um, who aren't sleeping very well or aren't, um, you know, are sore and just for that muscle recovery also. Um, so that's on Tuesday, we'll give them their supplement packet. And then we also have the chef from Trifecta who comes on site. His name is Mario, which would also be a really good um, person to interview as well. <laughs> um, his name is Mario. He's the executive chef of Trifecta. So he travels to um, all the fights that we're servicing and provides food for the athletes, nice and fresh food. And we actually onboarded another um, another chef. Her name is Skylar. So she's the sous chef of Trifecta as well. So both of them will kind of um, tag team or switch off fights coming up because he's been just so crazy busy. We're servicing, I would say we're servicing most of the card. There's other nutritionists out there. So some athletes are more comfortable with what they're used to and, and using different nutritionists. Um, but I would say we have the majority of the card that we're servicing. So we're super, super busy. The main macronutrients that we pull back on are, well, obviously carbs, um, micronutrients, we pull back on fiber and we pull back on sodium. So those three, because we're trying to shed any non-essential body weight. So carbs, obviously you're going to hold on to more water when your carbs are, are stored in the body. The fiber sits in your gut and adds bulk to your gut and actually pulls water in your gut. So we want to shed that also. And then the um, sodium, just because more sodium, you're going to hold on to more water. So we also usually recommend water loading too, just to make sure that the athlete isn't dry by the time they get to Thursday. Um, so that's kind of how the week goes, really higher fat, higher protein. Once the athlete gets to Thursday, their weight cut, Friday morning, we have all the rehydration products ready for them to go. Um, a lot of uh, electrolytes and then a lot of carbohydrates as well. So we want to replenish the athlete. Usually we start with just electrolytes and then we get into um, the powdered carbohydrates and then eventually solid foods as well. And then we also, we do a lot, right? I've been, I feel like I've been talking forever just on this. Um, and then after we also have meals for fight day as well. So we really, our goal is to feed the athlete all the way up until they like go to the octagon, you know, go to the ho hotel or wherever, wherever the fight is. Um, we want to make sure they're as fueled as possible and, and try to, to try to make them as fueled as possible over the course of fight week, even though for some athletes, it's hard to do, especially if they come in heavy. Yeah, for sure. So you talked about um, giving people food on fight day. How many of those people actually eat? And like, what are some typical meals that they eat? Because I know some people or some fighters have come out and said that they don't eat because they want to feel hungry in the octagon. Yeah. As crazy as it sounds, but so how was that process like? Yeah. So some people, yeah, they might not eat because they want to, they want to feel hungry. Also nerves can play a huge role. If you have a lot of stuff, food in your stomach, sometimes people feel like they have to like, you know, go to the bathroom with those nerves when they kick in. Um, I would say almost everyone does breakfast. So breakfast is um, our beet pancakes. So Mario makes these amazing beet elite pancakes. Have you heard of beet elite? Mm -hmm. 
Betalate, it's a powdered, um, basically powdered beets, and they act as a vasodilator for the blood vessels. So they actually actually help get muscles out to the, um, actually help get oxygen out to the muscles. So um, we put those in the pancakes, and then we do like eggs and pancakes and like a, a nice like berry compote for breakfast. Lunch varies. A lot of times it's like a, a heavy like you know, rice or pasta, something with really dense carbs, um, not a lot of fiber, and more like white, white carbs. But yeah, I would, I would say, I would say there's some people who don't eat at all. And there's majority who at least have breakfast. We usually have another meal for the main card since they're fighting so late that we want to, we want to make sure that they're fueled um, a little bit later than some of those earlier prelims. Mm -hmm. So we talked a little bit a little bit about fight week, but so when you're in Vegas, say like if there's not a card for two weeks and a bunch of fighters come in or local fighters come in um, and need help, what's that process like in terms of getting them in contact with you guys? Do you guys reach out to them or if they need you, they'll come to you? It depends. Um, I would say more more times than not, it's the athlete wanting to come out to Vegas to do um, diagnostics. Um, sometimes it's us reaching out to them, like maybe they might not know, like if it's a new athlete who just signed, they might not know that we have all these services to offer. So we'll be like, hey, come out um, and see us in Las Vegas and get all the testing done. But when the athlete comes in, we do nutrition diagnostics, which includes initial consultation. So really what we're doing is collecting all sorts of information, like everything possible about the athlete. What are their goals? What's their weight history? What's their dietary history? What's their sleep like? What's their supplementation like? So really asking a variety of different questions so we can really get the full picture. Any injuries, which a lot of times in that situation will then drive them towards physical therapy and sports med. Um, so we can really get an interdisciplinary approach for that athlete. So after the initial consult, then we'll do testing. So testing is typically three different machines that we use. So we use a DEXA scan, which is body composition. We're looking at body composition and bone mineral density for that one. It's basically the gold standard of of body composition. Um, we just can't do it as often as we would like right now, unfortunately. So there's that one. And then we have a metabolic cart. So we're able to see their metabolism. We're able to see substrate utilization, which is basically a fancy word for do they burn more fats at rest or more carbs at rest. So we can look at that. And then we can also use that machine to do a running, a submax running test where we're seeing the crossover point. So when the, the athlete starts tapping into their carbs, at what intensity and what heart rate is the athlete starting to utilize carbs, which is great for our programming and also for SNC purposes as well, especially if an athlete's trying to you know, lose fat mass, well, this is your maximal fat burning zone between this heart rate and this heart rate. So really, really cool data that we get out of that machine. And then we also use a, a, a bioelectrical impedance analysis. We use a CICA machine as well, which is another body composition. Um, it also shows us water. So it's helpful, especially before, like a week before fight week, like seeing how hydrated the athlete is. And that's really important to make sure that they're adequately hydrated so they're not dry by the time they get to their cut. 
um, we can do that one really if if it's a local athlete or someone coming to visit us for a long period of time, we can do that every week, which is great because we're able to see trends like, oh, did their their muscle or lean mass go up? Did their fat mass go down? Um, so so it's really nice to see trends over time. And then also um, what like stage of their camp or off camp are they in um, during their their the year? All that stuff is crazy. I didn't <laughs> knew a lot went into it, but I didn't realize it was so like in depth. You guys do so many different things and can test so many different things with different uh different tools. Yeah, it's pretty it's pretty incredible. I mean, I I walk into work every day and I'm like, oh my gosh, I actually work here. This is this is crazy. Um, but it's it's really awesome too because I'm sure Matt has told you, but and Heather, but the other teams do a lot of great stuff as well. And then we also have our sports scientist, Roman Foman, um, who is does a lot of like the VO2 max tests and also more um, like Omega Wave, more like brain brain type work as well. So readiness and um, more of the mental kind of stuff. We also have a sports psychologist that we onboarded as well. So <laughs> we're just uh, full of full of great, um, great staff here. Yeah, you guys got everything. Um, a lot of the fighters are really complimentary of, of all you guys. So I think it speaks to the job that all you guys do and how much you all care. Yeah, appreciate that. So how did you um, get into the, I guess what I want to ask is, did you ever like watch MMA before you got this job? And then how, what was your career path like up to this point? Yeah, um, so I, I actually went to University of Iowa my freshman year majoring in psychology. Didn't really know what I wanted to do, um, but I'm such a homebody, which everybody here makes fun of me because I love Wisconsin. Like, <laughs> I think it's the best state ever. Um, so I came back to Wisconsin for my sophomore year, and I grew up dancing, and I realized that nutrition plays such a huge role in, like, our performance that I started – I've always – ate well and um, exercised and saw what an impact it had on my body. So then I found that actually there's such thing as a dietitian, which I didn't know about when I was 18. So came back here, majored in dietetics from Madison. And then during that time, I was actually just scrolling through part-time jobs and found one at Badger, Wisconsin Badger Athletics. So I, I was hired there and worked there for about four years. So I worked with football, track, hockey, um, basketball, really a wide range of different sports, um, which was awesome. I, I loved working collegiate. And then after that, I ended up working in for Head Start, so um, preschool program for underprivileged or low-income families. Worked there for about a year, decided I wanted to go back and finish my um, you have to do an internship to become a dietitian. So I went back to do that and got my master's at Mount Mary University in Milwaukee and worked in eating disorders for a while as well. Um, decided that it wasn't quite the, the right space for me. Um, loved sports, uh, loved, you know, general health and wellness. So I decided to move out to Las Vegas we live with my brother. So my brother is a um, works for a minor league baseball team out here. 
I came out here and then he, we were scrolling through one day and he was like, Oh look, like the UFC is hiring. I was like, okay, don't know much about the UFC, but it's sports. Like why not? Um, ended up getting an internship here and then hired, um, as a full-time in last January. So I've been full-time about a year and a half. Um, but yeah, prior to that, I, I watched MMA a little bit, um, but didn't really know much about the sport. <laughs> uh, Forrest Griffin was like in my interview and I was like, yeah, I think you're like famous, but you know, not, not totally sure. Um, but looking back, I'm like, oh my gosh, like Forrest was in my interview. Like how cool is that? Um, so yeah, it's, it's been quite the journey, but I've learned so much about MMA that I didn't know before. It's a crazy sport. <laughs> oh, for sure it is. I'm, I'm relatively new to the sport. I've, I've been watching for less than two years now, I think. You yeah. Know, like a year and a half. So I'm learning a lot, um, a lot going on too. But so when you first got here, what, how did the UFCPI kind of bring you in and treat you? Oh, they did me great. I mean, I felt like family right off the bat. Um, even as an intern, we really, we really have that family dynamic. I mean, we would like hang out on the weekends and watch the fights together and just really um, everybody treats each other well. And it's, it's a great place to be. Um, when I got hired full time, <laughs> my the vp of operations like brought me in and was like i have some bad news like you have to leave your position i was like oh no and he's like because we're hiring you full time i'm like oh, oh my gosh um so yeah it's it's a great place to be we all get along super well and we all work hard um we all work really hard so you cut out for like oh. 15 seconds there what'd you say um I think I, I just said we all work hard. We all work really hard. Oh, okay. Can you <laughs> oh, hear me? Sorry about that. I don't know no, what's going on. Um, so who are some of the athletes that you personally work work closest with? Um, so we, all of our local athletes, we work pretty closely with just because we see them often. Um, can you hear me okay? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay. Um, all of our local athletes we work pretty closely with. Um, I would say with the trifecta program, we've fed, you know, close to 200 of our local or our rostered athletes. Um, so I've worked with a wide range of athletes. So many, more than I can count. <laughs> Do you have any that like frequently come to you? Um, I would say, so we have two other dietitians who work here. One is Clint Wattenberg, director of performance nutrition. And then we have Charles Stull, who's the manager. Um, so we see, all of us see anyone really. I mean, we all just make sure everybody's updated on that specific athlete so anyone can, can take them on. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's some athletes we work with more than others, but I can't really say who. Um, just for privacy purposes. <laughs> All right, fair enough. Um, have you ever been like starstruck when someone came in, like say Dana walked in and walks right past you, and you're like, oh crap, that's the boss. Yeah. Or like, anybody um, like that, like Connor maybe. Yeah. So again, I didn't know much about uh, UFC before I started, but I knew Connor McGregor. Like 
everybody knows who Conor McGregor is. Um, so yeah, it was super cool when he came to visit. He actually like his last fight, he had brought his like DJ from overseas and like literally our offices are right by the, the octagon right here. And like, it was just the whole place was like, boom, boom, boom. Like how are we supposed to work right now? But yeah, that was pretty cool. Um, Shaquille O'Neal's been in, uh, which was exciting. He like, I made him a shake and he asked me for a meal plan, which was pretty cool. I think that's probably the the one time I was like, oh my gosh, that's Shaq. Like, <laughs> that's awesome. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, it it's, you know, we work with them every day. So it's kind of like, you know, it's more professional than anything. Um, but yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely a cool, cool place to be. Mm. So you've touched on this a lot um, leading up to this, but I wanted to talk a little bit more about the, the weight cut aspect of MMA because it's kind of, I mean, it's not a huge topic in terms of outcry saying people need to stop weight cutting like what 1FC is doing in over in Asia. But um, have you ever had to tell, like, as a, as a nutrition, um, I don't know what I'm trying to say, like, as a nutrition as a nutrition aspect of the PI, do you guys ever tell people that they need to move up in weight? Um, there's been several cases where we will do diagnostics on the athlete, provide the athlete with the data, and give them our opinion or advice, but we can never tell them what to do. Um, we can never say, you have to move up um, or you can't move down. We just say, here's the data. This is what it looks like. Here's how you fit into the weight class you're in right now. Here's how you fit into the weight class below if somebody wants to go down, for example. Um, we give them the data and then maybe we'll discuss it and say, well, here's an opportunity for you to maybe build more muscle mass in your current division. Or, you know, this is what you'd have to do to get down. Um, but it's really like a, a full approach with not only everybody at the PI team, but like even the exec level, like matchmakers and everybody really is involved in um, that process. So, but no, we can't ever tell anybody to go down, um, but we can always provide our professional advice and data and yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, what's the point um, where an athlete gets too big for say like, lightweight and you want them to move up or you you would advise them to move up to to welterweight what's that point mm -hmm. um a lot of red flags are when the athlete can't make that weight class anymore okay. <laughs> um if they've missed weight once like okay maybe something happened if they miss that weight again then it's like okay you know um but the best thing they can do is come out and see us and get testing done to see where their metabolism is, where their body composition is, what type of fuel are they burning at what stage of camp or off camp, um, which is super important to see as well. But um, I would say, you know, the point is when the athlete totally rebounds, like really, really heavy after a fight, that's another red flag also. Um, but the biggest one is when they can't they have really, really hard trouble making that weight class. I mean, this is, we want to talk about longevity of career. And if they're rebounding, you know, a million pounds up past after their, their fight, that's an issue. But also 
you know, almost killing themselves trying to get down to that weight is also lowering their longevity of their career as well. Mm-hmm. So I know like Paulo Costa, he's the middleweight. He, I forget what state athletic commission told him that he should move up, but they said like he cut a certain amount of, of his weight. So they advised him to move up and they weren't going to let him fight in that state again. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Um, I know California has a rule about the, at least after you weigh in, you can't weigh a percentage more, um, on fight night, which because of COVID, I mean, obviously nothing's happened in California, but, um, you know, we're not, we're not totally against that because, you know, we see athletes who are so, so heavy and, you know, they, it's really detrimental to their health when they have to cut so much weight every single time. And then that rebound effect after like what it does, um, to somebody's metabolism and overall longevity of their career and overall health, um, is something that we try to, to limit. Um, so ideally we want an athlete to come in at an appropriate um, weight to to cut weight reasonable and make it without too much struggle. Mm-hmm. So as a nutritionist, would you like to see the UFC adopt kind of the, the one FC um, aspect of, of weight cutting where they um, hydration test the all of fight week so they make sure you're not weight cutting at all? Um, I, I mean, I think a little weight cut is okay, but it, it depends on on how much. Um, so we kind of have a sweet spot percentage wise of being over their weight class coming into fight week. And if, if they're over, then we kind of have them as a red flag. And if they're under, that's great too. But some people feel like they want to be as big as possible as they can in the cage. And that's why, um, one reason why people cut so much, um, but also maybe, lack of preparedness as well. I mean, these short notice fights, it's like, uh, um, so it's been nice when some, some athletes have had a catch weight or gone up a weight class. Um, it's a lot less detrimental on the body that way. Mm -hmm. I think another solution to, um, the extreme weight cutting is, is more divisions. I know that's way over your pay grade. Uh, Mm -hmm. Dana would have to deal with, but I think that would be a, a big solution. I know, um, Joe Rogan's a big proponent of that. Yeah. I mean, that would make our lives easier, too. <laughs> no. So I wanted to talk about what you do outside of the UFC. I saw you had a, a separate account um, for uh, as your um, because you're a nutrition coach. Mm hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So-, yeah, so I um, kind of on like a side hustle, I take clients on the side. So typically it's just, you know, general weight loss. Um, with my eating disorder experience, I do have some eating disorder clients as well. So just a handful um, that I really, you know, focus on nights and weekends or when I have time. Um, but it's really just like kind of a side hustle and, and something fun to do on the side. So what do you do um, for that? Do you like make meal plans or? Um... Yeah, it's more um, like accountability coaching. So I'll onboard a client and then, you know, maybe give them general guidelines or calorie range. Um, Typically, I'll start with calories, especially if it's a weight loss client, um, and then kind of focus on macros once we're we're starting to trend downward. Um, Not really meal plans. I feel like meal plans don't uh, work too well, especially Mm -hmm. if the, the client falls off. They, they feel like they failed and 
and we want to do a lifestyle change rather than just a, you know, here's what you're supposed to eat because that's not life. You know, there's birthday parties and restaurants and well, not right now, I guess, because of COVID, but <laughs> usually in, in real life, when we're, we're normal, um, those kind of things happen. And I teach my clients to be able to um, have a lifestyle, you know, be able to, to eat what they want um, within a certain, you know, range. And, um, but yeah, I, I'm kind of the no things are off limits, no foods are off limits approach in that sense. Um, and even, you know, with our athletes here, we try to preach that too. Um, there are times when like, okay, you know, it's, it's crunch time. Like we need to really pull back on the carbs. Um, but off camp, that's a great opportunity for those mixed plate meals, those balanced plates, um, to really get that metabolism, you know, revving again and get the whole, um, you know, hormonal balance set as well. How often do you guys have to kind of tell people to lay off the carbs? Um, usually a couple weeks out. We try to push it back as far as possible. We'll never go completely like no carb. We always recommend carbs before any high intensity training. If an athlete is not having carbs before really high intensity training, they're not able to maximize that training because they don't have carbs, you know, and the body wants to use carbs during high intensity work. They don't have the carbs, then they can't hit those those maximal um, points, and then it's kind of like, well, why are we even training? Because you're not training as hard as you could. Um, so really, the only time will be before those those high intensity trains if we're getting really really strict. Mm-hmm. And then, um, so we've we've mentioned this throughout the podcast, but I wanted to talk about the importance of nutrition in the midst of this pandemic because I don't think it's really being addressed as much as it should be. Um, so from your perspective, what do you think people, or how should people approach their nutrition in terms of making their immune system better and um, strengthening their body? Yeah, I would say the, going back to the basics where making sure you're incorporating fruits and vegetables, balanced plates throughout the day. Um, I mean, there's been research out there on like vitamin D levels and the fact that it can lower symptoms, but then I've read that like, that's not true. So, I mean, we don't really know enough about the, the, about COVID to, you know, really make recommendations on what's the optimal vitamin D level or other vitamins and minerals. But what I would say is making sure that the nutrition is what you're eating is optimal. So your vitamins, your minerals, making sure you're having balanced plates, um, exercising regularly, making sure your immune system is, is high. Um, probiotics are great as well, um, for gut health, but also overall immune. Um, but I would always, we always preach the food first approach to where making sure you're getting it in your diet. And then if you can't get it in your diet, then that's where the supplementation comes in. Um, but really the best thing we can do is, you know, wash our hands, wear a mask and socially distance and making sure you're just eating, eating those fruits and vegetables, getting those micronutrients in for that immune function. What are some examples for things that people could eat to uh, boost their immune system? Really any fruits and vegetables are going to be great. Um, Green leafy vegetables are great. Uh, Berries are great. Um, I would say the most important thing would be looking for like dark colors um, and then also adding variety. 
So, you know, if you're having berries as a fruit one day, maybe switch it up and have some other type of fruit the next day. Same with vegetables too, just making sure you're getting a wide variety and enough as well. And then the uh, last thing I wanted to, to ask you is uh, your thoughts on supplements in terms of like an average person who, who works a nine to five and then maybe goes and works out a couple times a week, eats fairly healthy, but not super strict. Um, what types of supplements or vitamins do you think that, that those people should be taking? Um, again, I would I would preach like the food first approach. So I would say if you feel like you can't get it in your diet, then that's where supplementation um, can occur. If you're trying to like make gains in the gym type deal, then maybe like creatine might be a good option. Maybe beta alanine might be a good option. Um, but if you feel like you're not getting like some people eat well, but then we really look at their diet and we're like, okay, well, you had like an apple earlier, but no vegetables, you know? So if you're not getting your fruits and vegetables, then making sure maybe you're taking up um, multivitamin might be a good idea. A probiotic, I think is a great idea as well. Um, but again, we really preach that food first approach. And if you can't get it there, then that's when the supplementation can happen. Mm -hmm. And then last thing, are you going to go to Abu Dhabi for Fried Island? Are you going to say? I am not. Um, Clint and Charles are going. And because I'm more, I have more of the operational role. So I work with a lot of the athletes who come into Las Vegas, do the testing, uh, work a lot with the cafe here as well. So I will not be going to Abu Dhabi, unfortunately. <laughs> um, but it seems like it's, you know, up and running and going to be pretty freaking awesome. Um, Charles leaves this weekend and then Clint leaves next week. So, uh, it's going to be a, a crazy couple of weeks and these fights are going to be awesome to watch. I'm, I'm excited. I'm super excited. I think, uh, I think all of us are, but, um, I know you got to get going. So I'm going to, um, wrap this one up. Uh, thank you so much for coming on. It really means a lot. Um, I mean, you kind of blew my mind with all the things that you said that you guys do. And um, I think it was I think it was a very good podcast. Yeah, it was awesome. I'm happy to be on it. And yeah, um, if you need anything else in the future, feel free to reach out and we'll chat soon. I'm looking forward to, to seeing it up. Yeah, for sure. Uh, stay safe in Vegas. Yeah, you as well. Stay safe from those tornadoes. All right. Will do. <laughs> All, right. All right. Bye.